Training. And this is Randy's number one Andy, a song rifle of comedy, got the tablet handy. Andy Klein, Mr. On Time, slinging punchlines from the cut, walk at a straight line. Then the thriller, Mr. Tim Miller, crowd killer, say hola. He's probably not here, out trying to raise his daughter. So we'll just tune in to 3SPN, keep the sock puppet nation, let the party begin. Heywood, Pop Pop, Petey, Romain, top of the list, JL Chadwick, the black eye pips, might be waxing philosophical or talking bullshit, might be just trying to help Chris you get a nice English. young bitch. You have an opinion, let's hear it to a proper, the world may suffer. Facebook, email, Twitter, black get out your closet if you're dropping our names. Now let's come together, there's nothing else to say. Let's start the show, Randolph, hit him with the... Hey! I truly think you guys are going to like today's. Hey, Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. And I'm Dominic Rivera. Well, first of all, we apologize for what happened uh, last week. We yeah. had some technical issues. I'm sorry, everyone. It is what it is. That's only the th- second time, I think, in all this time we've been doing. We had, here's here's the, here's the real, like, quick r- rundown of it. Somehow the audacity is what we record on the program when it's saved it didn't save it something went wrong with saving both podcasts mm-hmm. um the file was corrupt and i couldn't open it on and on and on and everything there's a recovery thing it, none of it worked and then i went home and tried to do like just test recordings on my own it was doing that as well so i reinstalled audacity and now it's fine but something glitched with the program but it was my fault for not saving a backup file, which I used to do a long time ago because we lost episode 126. Got a little complacent. Years ago. But then Audacity, since then, has put out newer versions that are much more stable. Right. It used to, remember, it used to like randomly pause in a recording. Right, stop. right. I remember. Yeah. That doesn't stop, happen anymore. And uh, so I got out of the habit of saving an additional backup, which, of course, I'm back in the habit of. But uh, I went to, I was like, let me, let me post this podcast real quick. And I was like, what the fuck? I can't open it. And what Audacity does is it, it creates six second snippets, thousands of them, to make, to build your actual podcast. So I had these little six second uh, audio files that you I couldn't stitch together. And even they were choppy, like they didn't sound right. Yeah. So something, something that fucked up. That shit happened with me with J.O. When I recorded J.O., I wanted to throw my fucking MacBook out the window. Yeah, on your uh, sports podcast. Yep. Yeah. So sorry about that, listeners. But... Uh, as a result of that, today's episode will be free for everyone because we want to make sure we make it up to people. We lost one patron last week. <laughs> well, well. Sorry, man. I don't want to tell you. Well, well I bumped y'all down to a dollar. <laughs> yeah, get your yeah. shit together. Uh, that's fine. We, we, we get all the yeah, notifications. I think we can handle that. Yeah. Today's podcast is a little interesting. Uh, if you guys remember, we read an email. One t- well, first of all, going back, I had Michael A. Wood Jr. on the podcast to discuss uh, – Policing in Baltimore. That was a woke files that was also free, right? For uh, the freeloaders, because we thought it was we thought it was important that you guys hear it. Yeah, that episode went up, I think, in October. Yeah, and then yeah, or maybe it was early November. Whatever it was, it was around then. He got into a he got into a Twitter dust up with uh, black people, basically. Yeah, and a Is listener of ours. October twenty sixth was when his episode right. went up. What, the the episode that we talked where we got an email from a listener 
was the one that went up on Thanksgiving Day, actually. It was called Scrapple, episode 696. We read an email from a listener right. who quoted some of his tweets right. and had a re- rebuttal, and we also responded right, right. to what the tweets and, and said. And we, we talked about it uh, at length. Um, Andy and I both feel that we were uh, respectful in our speaking of him. Right. I didn't particularly have any... Have any? I had issues, obviously, with some of the things he said, but we said it in a respectful manner. Never thought about it again. I listened to it this morning. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, no big deal. Never thought about it again. Yeah. Well, he apparently found out about it, Mister Wood. I don't know how. It was uh, a free episode. It was a free episode. I hope he listened. Maybe he has a Google alert. I have Google alerts for my name. That's true. There's a golfer named Andy Klein. It's all golf shit. Yeah. <laughs> I never get a Google alert for my own shows. It's all like Andy Klein, six under par. I'm like, yeah. All right. Delete. <laughs> so he reached out to us. A little irate. A little irate. <laughs> well, he emailed us through our three guys on at Gmail. Um, like early in the week, basically, he said... Um, I'll I'll pull up what he said. It was just like a, a two sentence email. The first thing he said was that was some vi- really questionable shit y'all did. I would like you to go over every single point ASAP. And then I think we didn't get back to him right away. He also emailed us with his phone number because we have lives. We didn't get back to him right away, and then he commented on that episode on our website, mm-hmm. which uh, I think that he might have deleted it. I, I thought it was up, but I still have the text of it. I mean, again, it was like a quick. Like, you know, it wasn't like a long, he wasn't trying to to write a rebuttal. He was just saying, you know, let's let's talk. But his comment on the podcast, which some people may have seen because it was on that, it was, it took my words grossly out of context and pulled some BS here. And then he emailed us again later that day saying, we need to talk uh, respectfully, Michael Wood. So, and that day you called him. Yeah. So I called him, I called him that evening and we spoke for a while, uh, a little contentious, um, But we decided that we would um, actually talk to him via the podcast. Yeah. Told him right up front we were recording. I did say that, right, before yeah, yeah, we yeah, started? Yeah. yeah, we were recording. And also, <laughs> okay. it's, specifically, it was it was beginning from the conversation that he had on Twitter about. Right. Uh, and I can, let me pull up that original email that, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just the tweets that were quoted of his that started that whole, you know, conversation. Um. Which led to SB replying via email to us. But he had said on Twitter, which his Twitter's deleted now. I tried to go back and get more context, but it's gone. Uh, he said, race is a social construct, un- unfindable in DNA, claim black woman status it's, as some special exception. If you want, you are wrong. Both women and race are social constructs. Only the way you react to them is real. Um, and then he said later, that's not blackness, that's ethnicity, and you will never know it. It was taken. So it was like a back and forth. Uh, and then he said later, black is that which stands against white supremacy. And you take agency over your blackness as a race and you continue the fallacy of race. And from the position of oppression, you lock in the oppression. Power gave you blackness to divide you. Keep playing in. If you listen to the episode called Scrapple, you'll hear the whole email that we read. But, but the conversation. Was yeah, you were. That was mm-hmm. with Elton, too. Elton That's a really good and uh, Mark Todd. And my little brother. Yeah, interesting. We were all, it was like five. That was a good episode. It was two good episodes. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was back when uh, back when we did podcasts. It didn't like glitch. Good, good glitch and corrupt. <laughs> yeah, they actually got posted and shit. So that was uh, the that's where the conversation started right. that we had with them just a little while ago, which we're we're, we're recording the intro. About for. to uh, let you guys listen to um, it. W- it went in many directions. Uh, yeah. He is an intelligent guy. I'll say that. Uh, good talker. Uh, the conversation went in many directions. Um, about an hour long. It was about it's about an hour. 
Dominic was here. Um, he listened for a great part of it. It was remarkable. And then he started doing push-ups. And he started doing push-ups. <laughs> it made me get hyped literally up and doing, angry he was literally at the fucking doing, end. I'm not joking. He was like, literally doing push-ups. I had to right. fucking tap out that motherfucker <laughs> for a little bit. Doing, I took all my headphones off. I was like, listen, y'all going to get a push for free. I'm telling you this shit right now. Yeah, and then he convinced us. We were going. We were actually going to do a little bit of podcast. Dominic was like, nope, let this one stand by itself. Yeah. So um, I think Andy Andy might be the MVP of this, of this oh, really? podcast. But... Um, I did watch I'm Not Your Negro last night. There you go. Oh, you were uh, already suited. You I already in. seen it. <laughs> suited I already, and booted. I already, I already seen it, but last night. I old up and shit. was like, let me get this shit. I thought I was like, what am I going to do tonight? I didn't have anything to do. I was like, oh, I need to see that movie again. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah, I watched it's on it. Amazon I was Prime. watching it one day. And then, you know what happens when you watch it? Then you go down the James Baldwin rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, like all these that. YouTube you go right to YouTube. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Right to YouTube. And by the way, he references James Baldwin. In, in the middle yeah. of this, and I reference him right back immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you guys go ahead and give this a listen, and on the back end, we'll do a little bit of wrap-up. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, the listener, I'm going to give you a little bit of advance. <laughs> All right. Do yourself a favor. Number one. Stretch out first. Stretch out. <laughs> have some time. Like, all sincerity, have some time to set aside, because this is not one of those things you want to go into and chop it up. It is deep. It is a lot to chew on. If you have strong opinions, you will already insert them in the background as soon as it's going on. You will have to. I had to tap out a little bit. Like I said, give yourself yeah. a break. It's that good. I will say this. Whatever your thoughts are about Michael A. Wood Jr., and this is a fraction of what he does. If you look up, if you look him up on, on the Internet, it's, he has a lot about police misconduct mm-hmm. and a lot to say, a lot, a lot of good things to say. Whatever your thoughts are about him, he's he's. Thought-provoking. He's provocative. He'll make right. you think about shit. Right. He'll make you second-guess things, which to me is a net positive in a lot of ways because it does it does make you like that's it. It makes you bolster how you feel and think about how yeah. you feel. For me, it make it made me think like, yeah, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> his thoughts on policing are spot on a one. You know, and his thoughts yeah. on so he's got a Joe Rogan episode like two hours long. Right, it's like it's right. really good. So there's a lot out there, but there's not a lot on this topic of him out there because yeah. you know he writes articles for Medium and stuff, but it's a lot about about police misconduct. And his Twitter feed is gone. He, so there's some squatter on it now. Some yeah. bot. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, we had a we talked about it on the phone a little bit. <laughs> so uh, you guys go ahead and give this a listen, and then come on back on the back end, and we'll give you a little bit of wrap up. Yeah, here you go. Hello. Uh, Michael Wood. Yes, sir. Hey, sir. Morning to you. Is it morning there? It, yes, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, afternoon here. Uh, we're, we're adjusting levels. We're not really recording yet, so don't worry about, don't worry about that. I'll let you know when we get going. We're, we're just good. Kind of, are we good? Yeah, we're good on levels. This is, this is Andy Klein. You guys haven't got an official, uh, an official meet. Yeah, what's up, man? Andy? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, and, Andy. Andy and Randolph. Andy and Randy. Well, we we tried that. <laughs> didn't go good. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't go good. Uh, we good, baby? Yeah, we're good. Okay, you good on your side? We're gonna go ahead and start. We're gonna, go ahead, so. we're gonna go ahead and start recording now. All right, so here we are with uh, Mr. Michael A. Wood. Listeners, you've all uh, did I say that right? Michael A. Wood, right? Yeah, no, we could. It was just Michael Wood. Michael Wood Jr. Michael, Michael Wood Jr. Fine. MJ. Uh. Listeners know him from the podcast we did before. 
uh, about uh, policing in, in the uh, Baltimore area, which was a great podcast by the way everybody loved. We had we got a lot, a lot of good feedback on that. And then um, one of our listeners uh, brought to our attention uh, uh, Twitter feed Twitter feed back and forth that Michael and this listener were involved in, and the listener asked us. The listener wasn't in the listener gave us tweets that someone else was. Okay. But she was just she was just responding to that whole thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the big part of it was because she had heard you on our podcast and she really liked the things you had to say on the podcast. Then she saw the the Twitter feed, asked us about it, we gave our opinion on it. You heard you heard the opinion. Thank you for listening to the podcast by the way. Uh and that, that was for you, not the listener. <laughs> thank, you for, <laughs> thank you for listening to the podcast, by the way. And then we've been back. We've been in touch. We've been in touch about this. So, and here we are. That's the background of why we're here today. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to. Uh, I had a few objections with with the way some things were presented, but mm-hmm. there's only one thing that I actually I would like to start the conversation from scratch. Okay. And then the only one thing I wanted to point out is that you guys are very uh, confident that woman was found in DNA. And I, I need to make it clear that there is like no gender. You you can't find somebody's gender in DNA. You can find their sex. But their gender is something entirely different. That's a hundred percent of social construction. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> we'll 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 concede that. And that, that, that was amazing. That's fine. Neither, neither of us are biologists or, or entomologists or whatever. Yeah, that's why that I is. say. That's why I but. say I'll, I'll concede. I'll concede that I'm not. I'm neither a biologist nor an entomologist. So, on that on that aspect. Right. So, <laughs> okay. The reason that's critical is because the t- entire context wrapped around the tweet. If you want to start it from the beginning of what the tweet was, as soon as I run my mouth for a second, was that I was referencing that social constructions are only maintained as long as they are proliferating because the belief in a social construct is its only fuel, no matter what that social construct is. So um, certain things are that you guys referenced that weren't social constructs at all and all that, but we don't need to get into that. So what the, the context surrounding me saying that is I've been listening to people and serving the public for my entire adult life. I have been listening to people my entire adult life as my professional career. And then for the last three years, after being told to go listen to people, listen to what's on the street, so you can have that opinion be informed, I then went and spent years traveling this country and talked to people. And I am coming back to report what I have learned from listening to people. And a lot of objections to what I'm saying are shooting the messenger. I am trying to say that these arguments to say something like, listen to me because I'm a black woman, does not hold weight in this country, and it hasn't even won the argument in black community. Well, I guess the question would be, should it hold weight? It does or doesn't is, it may be a different thing, but should it hold weight that someone's experience as a black person or as a woman or both uh, should inform their their point of view. Why why wouldn't that be a valid point of view for someone? Right, because what we're talking about is, and what I do is, I'm talking about changing systems and the way that we operate and we construct our government and our organizations. So the experience of an outcome is entirely irrelevant to knowledge about how that system operates. I would I would say to that that 
the the irrelevancy would be to you because you are moving in a different sphere it would be relevant to the person who in this case the black woman who is in, who is in it and impacted by her blackness and her womanness not to kind of sound circular sure sure but she's being she's but you're being, trying but, but the thing is that she's being directly impacted by it on a daily basis so for her it doesn't really matter that we're trying to to change the system for her it would be this is this is the reality that I'm in right now and this is what I have to live with hopefully the system will change and I'm not opposed to that system changing but until that time this is the reality that I'm in and this is what I have to deal with and yeah, I understand and, that Randolph but the only Go ahead. But the only person that's dismissing the only person dismissing her experience the only the only way this concept is coming in is the projection of others. I am not dismissing any person's lived experience, but it's being framed that a concept such as listen to black people is a solution. And what I'm telling you is is if if people in power, if policymakers, if the rest of the country has an argument, so you have you have two huge huge problems with this. One, you have no definition of black, and what it ends up actually being uh, heard as, and what I see it as, is it's not don't it's not listen to black people or listen to black women. It's listen to people who agree with my preconceived narrative, and that's not a winning argument anywhere that you're going to go. And we're we're talking in a context of a winning argument to change policy, not in any individual's experience. So you are subjected to gravity, but you have no idea how it operates. So you're being subject to the force. It is completely irrelevant to the policy. And you haven't won this argument from black people. So if white America that says we are listening to black people and they took a hold the vast majority of the so I don't like the idea of the black community, but the so-called black community, as we would contextualize that, you that argument hasn't been won within black people. So if they do a vote, the vast majority of black people want more police, they want more repression, they want people in prison. So if you want to listen to black people, you're going to end up with Baltimore. Because that's listening to black people as you as you conceptualize the idea. I don't know if that's I don't know if I agree if I agree with that, that most black people want more police and I think once black people It's empirically true, brother. It's well, a, no, slow down. It. Slow down. True. Slow down. Once black people saw what the results of more policing would be, uh, broken fractured families, people getting hit upside the head. Uh, uh, particularly in coupling with the mandatory minimum sentencing and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. Once black people saw what the actual impacts of that would be, that narrative began to change inside the community that I'm a part of, inside the black people that I'm a part of, inside the black people that I know of, the ones that, the ones that I speak I know, about. but that's your, that's your bubble. That's what I'm saying. But so here's, but, but here's, a, but here's oh, the thing. Wait, about, let but me he, finish, Randolph. Go ahead. Your argument there, without objection, is listen to the black people in my bubble who agree with me. I have traveled this nation. We live in a society, and the vast majority of black people in our society want more police and want more of that enforcement. I, the, right now in Baltimore, they're increasing the policing. The Oakland, Portland, they're increasing the policing all over this nation, and black community is voting for it, and black politicians are enacting it. Well, wouldn't they also want fairness? I mean, I, I don't know that policing is a static thing that can't be something different down the road. 
to say we want more policing doesn't mean we want oppression. It's we want no, fair they policing. They want more people in prison. They want the policing that they have. That I don't now. agree. They that I don't. That more. I don't agree with. I've, n- I've never heard okay, anybody black say that. And so if you say if you say that's Randolph. inside my bubble, that's fine. But I don't agree with that. Yeah, that's fine, Randolph. I spent eleven years. I believe that. Listening. I believe you. Listening I believe to you. black people. Should, and that's it, what I'm telling. So. By, so by the eleven, dismiss someone with superior experience. By the eleven years, this is silly. By the eleven years that you say, now is that the eleven years that you were in Baltimore? The eleven years of policing yes, you did. Then, the eleven years of policing you did in Baltimore. And then I just got back from visiting forty-nine cities. And how? Well, let's let's talk about the eleven years because you you referenced the eleven years. As your benchmark of uh, you have spent 11 years. Well, you spent 11 years inside of the bubble of Baltimore. Now, you say my experience is inside of one bubble. Wasn't your experience be inside of the bubble of Baltimore? Yes, so, so I'm okay, so, okay so Baltimore people Let me want. Answer. I'm not done. No. I'm not finished. So, Baltimore. Ask me a question, brother. I'm not finished with the question. So, Baltimore, the, the residents of Baltimore, the black people of Baltimore, Want more policing and want more want more people in jail. That extrapolates to all all of Black America or every every place in Black America, or is that just Baltimore? Okay, I did not make that claim. I said that I had experience in Baltimore talking to those people for eleven years. That is a pretty good generalization when you answer and talk to thirty different people all over a city in one day. I then went. And got an education and studied it and saw the data on a big scale. I then went and physically visited Camden, Portland, San Francisco, Louisiana, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, 49 cities, talking to the activists in all of these cities. And this is what I am reporting back to you. All of these communities see this way. That is why when there's a vote, they vote for Catherine Few. They vote for the next person that's going to come in and put in more pressure. Like they just did in Georgia. There's a big rejoice because there's a young black male politician in Atlanta, Georgia, and the first thing he said he's going to do is increase policing and increase police funding. But here's the thing. But does the increase, as Andy was saying, does the increase the increase of policing, does that mean that they're automatically voting for more oppression and that they're voting to be oppressed even more? Or are they voting for fair and equitable treatment? hoping, I don't know if, if they're true in that hope, but hoping that they're, the police are going to give them fair and equitable treatment because they are the ones asking for the police. You see what I mean? If I'm well, asking for you... Then they're I'm, completely ignorant. Okay, now that's a different, now that's a different statement. They shouldn't be I'm, in positions of leadership and probably got voted there from some arbitrary context like that they were black. Well, I mean... People get voted in because they're white in arbitrary context, so I don't know if that's a thing. What all I'm saying is, is are we are we saying that the automatic want of more police is the automatic want of more oppression? Yes. Okay. All well, right. Then, well, then I guess to to build on that, some there are a lot of situations in life where you internalize harm to yourself as normal, and. And when people come out, let's say, on Twitter and say, listen to black women or listen to black people, uh, they're saying listen to an alternative alternative view from this other black person who may have risen above their internalized um, pathologies. 
So no one is arguing that man. Okay. okay. So so when someone says that and they're offering a different point of view, I think that's what when when they're saying listen to black people, they're saying listen to this particular point of view from black people. I don't know that that I would extrapolate that to I mean black people are not a monolith. I I you know when and when black people say listen to black people, they're not saying we are a monolith either. They're saying, "Hey, we also have something to say about this." And if people are voting against their own interests, maybe listen to us as well as them or instead of them in, in some cases. So, Right. And so what I say is why do you preface it by saying listening to black women? Just well, that's, listen that's, to people with valuable but that's, that's, okay, just that's listen fairly to people with easy, opinion. But that's a fairly easy no, one. And you say that. I know, but listen to me, please. I am reporting back to you. I believe, the, oh, the I believe you. The country feels and the message that they're hearing. So I am saying that the argument is not a winning argument, and I'm reporting it back to you. Don't get mad at me oh, because no, of the not, things that are perceived. I'm not mad at you. And you have you. this other problem of, so now, what is black? When you say listen to black, define it. Well, well, stepping back to as to why why black women would say, Listen to listen to black women. Why any black woman would say that is because traditionally they're not, as a group. And they're also when when I, I when I hear listen to black women, it's not just about policing. It's about sexual harassment. It's about a, a variety of issues. I think that's a general. So why did you just say black? Why not listen to all people about sexual harassment and issues? That's because, why. And hold on, you're already the... interrupting me. Just let me finish. Hey man. That's why in this country. Just let me finish, please. That's why in this country, men are, are, are highly likely to be victims of more sexual assault than women because of the prison industrial complex. But yet there's zero discussion. That's the situations we end up in. So you end up proliferating what you're trying to fight. So if you say, listen to black women, and that's other people actually listen to that, and they take a vote of black women, you will end up with more oppression. Because if you are oppressed, you do not have the proper perspective and or education to have an informed position on what solutions should be. But you do have a perspective that isn't necessarily heard because you are oppressed. So, it, you know, proper perspective notwithstanding, whatever, however you feel about that, it, listen to black women. Me, I'm not a black woman, okay? I've never felt in a meeting or in any situation as a white man that I'm being interrupted, talked over, not allowed to speak. There are a lot of black women who say that this is their reality their whole lives they've felt this way and so when they say listen to black women it's an overarching thing you know i i can't relate to that feeling that they're that they're articulating that we can't our voices aren't heard we can't be heard we keep trying to say things we can't be heard i don't feel that way about myself i feel like my voice is heard all the time so when someone says listen to black women that's what they're talking about they're talking about the the totality of it and to say that oppressed people don't have the proper perspective, I, I would challenge that. I say they have a perspective. You know, the oppressors don't have the proper perspective either, then, if that's the case. But we hear from the oppressors. We don't listen to the oppressed. And that's what they're talking about. Yeah, so the context of this discussion and the context of discussions with me are about, I'm not a race expert. I am not black. I don't appreciate, I, I don't understand any of those things. I listen, right? So as a result of this listening, 
What I am trying to say is that the message that's coming across sows oppression further. The whole idea of creating something, like you, when you say, listen to black women, it comes with an inherent idea that you dismiss white women, that you dismiss Asian women. It's well, like, I don't know. I, w- only... I wouldn't know if I would, I'm telling I you know if I would say dismiss. I don't well, well, I mean, but, pers- but that's what you're doing is you're kind of all lives mattering it. Uh, yeah. what, what's, it's, it's not saying listen instead of listening to white women. It's, it's saying listen to black women also. As well as white women. You know. You, now, if you perceive right. that, that's, no, that's what you. you're saying. Wait, wait no. that is what you are saying. The How? individual that I was talking to was saying that it, she had special knowledge that was informed from her blackness, that you had to be black to understand something, or that being black carried knowledge. So when I say, okay... So do you mean, how are you going to define blackness? Do you mean listen to Sheriff Clark? Do you mean listen to Catherine Pugh? Do you mean listen to the entire chain of command that ordered me to do racist and oppressive actions for 11 years of my life? You mean listen to them? No. You mean listen to you. And listen to you carries zero weight to fixing systems and institutions. It carries weight. and. Hold on. It carries weight in an ethnography, in a study of people's perspectives, in an analysis of outcomes, but not listen to these people on how to uh, change the oppressive system that they have zero knowledge of. I wouldn't. Well, I mean, you're what you're saying. So if you're inside the system and the system is attacking you daily, you don't have any knowledge of the system. Because you're inside the system, you don't have any knowledge of the system, right? So you're gonna. So the reason that they kept slaves from reading books was so that they wouldn't be educated and understand the perspective of broader concepts of how the nation is. Now this is done just on a bigger scale. Now done to all of us. Poor white people are just as uh, subjected to the oppression of education as poor black people are in this country. You know, just poor black people have other factors that make that make it worse. So you end up with part of the oppression is being kept ignorant. That's why throughout history, benevolent dictators are factually the only ones who really fix these things. But the ignorance goes a couple ways. You said said earlier that you've never, obviously you've never been a black woman, you've never experienced that. But then when you talked about what the woman said on Twitter, you said as though she had some special knowledge. Well, it's clearly knowledge you don't have. But you don't. But you said you don't have that knowledge, so it is special knowledge to you. It should be. Yes, but it's not. It's not genetically informed because you're black. So if you're saying black is something of your DNA, which she was, but to, to me, then, then what I special knowledge she, is imparted to white people? But, but to, I don't to think me, the question speaking uh, of her genetics. To, to me, that the the genetics versus. Okay, yeah. so define black. Then, please, please, can we define what black? She, means, I think she was speaking of her culture, the culture that she's that no, she's no, no. been can, in, can we in, define and black? And in. What? Do, what? Okay. Let me ask you a question. Well, in Virginia, what? they define it as one drop of African blood for years. I mean, if you want, it's been legislated. Hey, guys, guys, would you define it for me? Not what other people define it as. Just like, how, let's have a discussion. If you're the, if define you're, the, but if you're the recipient of oppression, it doesn't matter how you define it to yourself, because other people, other forces are acting upon you regardless. You can take a black baby out of out of his family and raise him in a white area and he's still going to carry that race 
no matter what. We People are going to see him as black. So, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily just the perspective of the black person who sees themselves as black. It's it's society acting upon that person as though they are black. So your, your sort of self-identifier doesn't solve that problem. It never will. But I, my question is, why can't you have race and also not oppression? Why can't we have no racism and also the existence of blackness? Why does it have to be either or? I, I feel like what you're getting at is you, you can't be both free and black in this country. You have to choose. If you want to be free, you have to eliminate your blackness. If you want to be black, you have to just be accompanied by racism no matter what. And I think that's, that doesn't make sense to me. Why can't we also have culture and race and eliminate racist systems? You know, why does it have to start with eliminating your identifier as your culture or your race? Okay, because science emerged in the 18th century to help validate the existing racial ideas and prove the, 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 the hierarchy of the groups. So the categorization of race was created for to justify racism. So what I'm trying to say is your bare race when you have the racism cannot exist without the premise of race, but that's that's what you're bringing in. That's not what she was saying. She was defining when you say that someone is black. I need you to define. You keep saying to listen to black or listen to that, and you keep defining black as someone's individual experience. So when you say to someone else, listen to black women. And they say, okay, well, I just listen to them black women that disagree with you. And you go, not them, listen to these. Then what we're saying is, is listening to me. I'm telling you what the country is perceiving. And you're not even winning this argument within the concept of the black community as, as it's broadly defined. So I want to have a discussion, and we can go through the history of, of racism. I, I, you know, like, I'm not a racism expert, but I understand the history of it. And we can go through. It's a relatively recent concept that's already died. Like, whether racism is okay in the classifications of race to better predicate differences on people is already deemed as bad. The, the idea has already lost in the public space. So as long as long as you proliferate it, you, that's when you continue it. But what is the what is the white person's responsibility in that? I, I feel like you're you're putting a burden. I on... know. Okay, the white person's responsibility has been to- been told to listen to black people and then take those messages back into the white community. What I am trying to tell you is, is I have done that, and this argument is not winnable because there is not a definition of blackness that someone will give me, and you guys are... Right, but, but what, I, what, what I'm getting at is I don't need a black person to tell me not to be racist in order to not be racist. I don't have to listen to No it. one does. Right. No okay, one does. So, the argument has already been won. But that's, what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. No one, no, one, no one had to tell me that, but as a white person, why can't we just be not racist and also races and cultures exist and they don't get oppressed. It, it seems like it seems like the end of the, the logical conclusion of all this is that, you know, racism just happens and so let's just not have race. It's, to me, it seems like an extreme solution. It's, it's as though if I said to you, I hurt my knee, and you said, well, if you cut off your leg, you won't have any knees to hurt, as opposed to saying, let's fix that knee. You understand what I'm saying? We don't even necessarily have to, like, you know, racism doesn't exist in DNA. It's, a, it's something that people learn, it's something people are taught. But to say, to focus on telling black people to rise above, in a sense, your, your identity, why not focus instead on just telling white people 
don't be racist. Why is that uh, a bridge too far? You know what I mean? No, no one is. I, I'm not making that claim. Like that's not an argument I'm making. You, you, you're just strawmanning me. So what I'm saying is, is that racism is predicated upon the existence of race as a concept. There's a, this is well established in the literature and in history. So let me explain. America, by, by your definition then, so, so let me give you a, diff- a definition in, this, in the literature. Racism exists when one ethnic group or historical collectivity dominates, excludes, or seeks to eliminate another on the basis, basis of differences that it believes are hereditary or unalterable. Okay. Okay. All right. Under that definition, which most people would agree with, there is a solid argument that America is not even racist. It's a culturalist society. Okay. Because when when, when white people are saying, "Look, we have listened to black people, and and we we you know here's a whole Baltimore is completely in charge. All these cities, you know, a lot of cities are completely in charge of black leadership. We listen to Ben Carson, we listen to this, and we listen to that. They're just filling their preconceived narrative, and then by us fueling it on the left, we're filling the same preconceived narrative. And so, like literally, here's what I'm telling you: I have been in spaces with black nationalists talking about an ethnostate, which most people on the left would say, listen to these people, you know, this perspective. And then I've heard Richard Spencer made the exact same argument, but saying white, and we're completely ignorant of it. Well, yeah, I mean, there have been people who've said, Minister Farrakhan has agreed with white supremacists in the past about the same thing. That's to me when people say listen to black voices, they're not literally saying everyone gets the same weight. It's all as obviously saying listen and then draw some conclusions, but perhaps that person does have a perspective and knowledge that you don't have. I've listened to Louis Farrakhan. There are things about about his message that I think are completely over the top, and there are things that have enlightened me. It can be both. But, but, but Andy, I don't. Okay, no one understands what you're saying then by saying black. Then just say people with different experiences. But that's that, that's. I think that's a substitute for what you just said. I, I I feel like we're closer together on this than than maybe it seems. When they say listen to black women, they're I, saying listen to people with different experiences. That's a shorthand. Guys, I know that, but I've literally been doing that. Like I've had fifty thousand freaking people tell me that. I know, and I did listen, and I am reporting back as to what the majority of people believe and how these arguments are going across in society. So I can't go into any white spaces spaces and win these arguments with these concepts when they pull up a video and show somebody saying, no, listen only to black. Go through Twitter right now and you will see liberals shitting on other liberals because they're not trans enough. We're having a conversation about whether it's homophobic to not date trans women. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Well, yeah, I mean, I think... And that's- that's what we're descending down into when we continue these kind of concepts about weird ideas that we won't define. So if you can't define black, then here's why a, are we saying that? Well, it's a, not winnable. A, but here's the thing is, is why I won't, and now I, now I will speak as the black person here, why I won't define black... <laughs> Why I won't define black for you is is because whatever definition I give you for black, you won't accept. Also, my definition of black. I didn't say that. Why are you saying that? Because you won't. 
I, I have, I what? have we seen, haven't even accepted it. <laughs> I have seen nothing that would show me that you would accept it. Can you just give me one? Let's try it right now. Okay, well, here we go. Okay. Black is black in this country had to be invented out of whole sackcloth because a whole culture was taken away from black Americans, African Americans through slavery. So the whole culture was tried to be squelched and destroyed. So black people in this country, African Americans, had to develop their own culture, had to develop a culture out of basically nothing. So when you do that, you don't really have, you take a snatch of this culture, you take a snatch of this culture, you take a snatch of this tribe, you take a snatch of this tribe, you take a snatch of Africa, you take a snatch of Jamaica, you take a snatch of uh, Cambodia, you take a snatch of all these different things, all these different places, and you put them together and you meld them into a different thing. Having said that, you also end up taking snatches of the dominant culture. So you end, you end up in, in um, bringing that is, which ends up bringing uh, respectability politics into play. That brings assimilationists into play, who I find to be just as dangerous as a segregationist. Because what they will tell you is that black culture is wrong. Would I say an Afro is part of black culture? Yes. Would I say that names are part of black culture? Yes. I would, off, I would say that black at this point is there was a rapper named Laquan who had a great line, black is a state of mind, it's more than a skin color, and skin color doesn't make you a true brother. What does that mean is that there's more, there's more to blackness than just skin color. There's also more to blackness when that woman says, when that woman said to you, listen to a black woman, what she's saying is, listen to my experiences, and my experiences are tinged through my blackness and my black culture. That's, that's what she's saying. My point is, there's no one thing that you can narrow down and say, this thing right here is black. Now, you can do that with German. You can do that with Swedish. You can do that with Irish because they were allowed to bring their here. You can even do that with Mexican. You can do that with, although people lump them all together, but they're radically different. Puerto Rican. You can't do that with black because it was taken from us and stripped from us. So we've had to make it. And here we are. What it is, is you don't like us saying that. And that's fine. Or you don't like our definitions of it. And that's fine. And I will even say to you that it changes from person to person. And that's okay. We, uh, we the other night when we talked, we talked about Rachel Dolezal. And you asked me what I call her black. No, I wouldn't call her black. Because she's not, one, she's not born of blackness. And she's not enveloped in blackness. She puts blackness on like a coat. She puts on blackness of what she perceives as blackness like a coat. And she can take it off at any time. Because of that, no, I don't define her as black. Do I define um, Sheriff, Sheriff Clark as black? Yes, I do define Sheriff Clark as black. Because black is a large thing. It's not a monolith. It's a large thing. And yes, I would still define him as black. However, I would define him as an assimilationist. He, is, he has decided in his mind that if he assimilates, into the dominant culture that he will be rewarded for it and he has been and that's fine I disagree with that I find that to be dangerous um, my point being that blackness is a large thing it's not a small thing so when you ask somebody when you say to when you tell somebody well define blackness for me it's not that easy 
because there's no thing in this dictionary that I can just point at and say that's black or that's black or here's black or here are the words that are black. You can do that with German. You can do that. You can even do that with an es- with Eskimos. You can do that with Native Americans. You can do that with the Cherokee. You can do that with the Pawnee. You can't do that with us because it's been taken from us. And we've had to invent it. So why this woman would get mad when you would when if a woman says, listen to me as a black woman, the reason why they say that is because no one has listened to blackness for since the inception of this country and no one does today at least you feel like that and you are right there are black there are many many black people who who want who believe that if i just assimilate into the masses if i believe if i bring more police in the community if i believe the lies that i have been told if i believe all of those things then everything will be fine and i will be and i will be advanced in this society and my family will be safe the simple truth of that is is that is a lie that is a lie and like anybody who's dealing with stockholm syndrome you hold on to that lie and that is the sadness of it and that's the sadness of that black people have to deal with inside of our own community so when if a black person gets mad at you for saying that, I completely understand where that anger comes from. What I don't understand is where your anger comes from back, being directed back at them. Where is your empathy towards them? Where is your empathy towards these black women who would, who would feel the need to, to stand on a box and say, listen to me as a black woman? Where is your empathy towards them? You want me to answer that right now? Yes, if you'd like. Okay, so... I have absolute empathy for these women. I have been supporting them, giving them my platforms, putting them into media contact to get their messages heard, and literally traveling this country to go listen to them where they are. I'm not, this, this framing is an intellectual discussion about systems. You keep putting these things, you guys in general, are putting these inferences on me that I am not saying at all. I will listen to you about your experiences. But your being subjected to something like gravity is, is just because you're subjected to something does not mean you understand it. The slaves who were in the share house did not understand laws. That was on purpose. The sheep herders in, uh, back in the Middle East couldn't know what was in the Bible because only the elites could read it. That was on purpose. So that's always necessitated the elites destroying the system. So what I'm telling you is, is that an argument like when you can't define what you're telling people to listen to, the argument, while it may be perfectly valid in its intent, does not intellectually win a conversation. Well, the my, I guess what I would say to that is there are black intellectuals who have studied probably for years, way way more than you have these systems, and who would also say, listen to black women. So are you saying that they are not as learned as you are, or, you know, do you... No, again, I did not say that. I said elite. I asked you, I asked you if you felt that way. I didn't say you said that. You said Blasco. Why are you bringing that All right, listen, listen, listen. Let me ask you one question. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Can I ask you one question? Can you define non-black? No, I don't believe in the concept. Okay, you don't believe in the concept period of black or culture. No, so my definition, so my definition would be that white supremacy is the institution that has evolved to elite supremacy that we are trying to fight. So if that is fighting, then what is black? 
blackness is that is what stands against white supremacy. And to bring in that I, but to bring in the race all the time is proliferating the system of white supremacy that is predicated upon this existing. White supremacy, though, I think, created blackness, and it doesn't need black people to feel that way. You know, it'll it'll recreate blackness again. That's a pathology of white supremacy. So I, I don't I don't rising above this racial thinking only works if a hundred percent of the people do it. And if the power structure doesn't, it created blackness for a specific reason. It needs it to exist. I know. So to create the argument that wins in the power structure, it can't be predicated off of listening to a word that you will not define. So that's it. So so if you if you ran across a definition of black that you accepted, then that would change. What would that change for you? No, the concept of races as a categorization of an individual's character instead of the content, the whole premise of Martin Luther King and MLK and James Baldwin and Malcolm X, these things, to judge the things by their experiences and what they earned. Otherwise, you're not going to win this argument. You're but, just not going to win it. You're going to be a niche ML- group but that MLK, no one listens to. But MLK, James Baldwin, Malcolm X, and any other black intellectual that, you're, that you just referenced in that context right there never at any time said, don't refer to blackness, don't envelop blackness, particularly James Baldwin, who I have studied in great detail has never once said. What they have said is, yes, judge me by the character of my skin. However, I shouldn't have to leave the culture that I have come out of behind in order to be judged. No one made that claim. You just now said to not judge them on the on on the color of their skin, but yet this argument... The no, 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 you said predicated that. ...predicated upon. Ju- judgments, no, judgments you- yes, but... As as I have said, and many have but said, but you're telling me to. But the argument to listen to black people means judge people by the content of the color of their skin. I wouldn't say that. What I would say is it would mean to judge me by my thoughts that I've developed coming out of the culture that I come out of, which is the black culture that I come out of, which is the culture okay, that is then deni- it's not the, the black race. The culture that is denigrated, but race, but in this case, race and culture are synonymous with one another. So what difference does that make? No, they're not. Why, why would it not. not be? Why would it not be? What difference be- does that make? Because I'm, I'm explaining it to you right now. Okay, let me answer the question. Because if you look at the rest of the whole landscape of the country, so-called the elite structure of America has no problem with Barack Obama. They have no problem with uh, Sheriff Clark. They have no problem with elite black people. They, they love to go listen to Larry Elder. They go to listen, love to listen to all the people that you are kind of dismissing. So that's, what, that's the whole premise of it. They're actually is, they're more culturalist. It's more of an idea of if you assimilate into white culture, they don't actually care who you are. Well, on, on Barack Obama's case, yeah, they accepted him right up until he reminded them that he was black by saying Trayvon Martin would look like him or that okay, the, dude, police, he, the he police got, acted he, in a bad he, manner when they broke when they arrested Skip Gates in his house in his first year. They stopped accepting him at that point. Now, that's that's factual. You can tell by his poll numbers. Dropped. 
That doesn't matter. What I'm trying That's to tell you is, is just like Chappelle said, I traveled this country and I didn't see the horribles. Mostly I saw people who were stamped down by the same systematically oppressive institutions and they, like you, see the evil of dramatic inequality in resources in this country. And that's a part of this country. There's not part of a black race. So by you saying black Americans, just think about what you're saying. Does that mean that somebody who moves over here from Nigeria is 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 he black or not? If you move if you move here from Nigeria, let's say um, my mother's Jamaican, so she was she came to this country from Jamaica. Uh, yes, she is black. Once you're inside of this system now here's the thing is most of them tell themselves that they're not part of this culture most most of your uh your africans that come here they don't like us they don't like black americans i'll tell you right to your face they don't like us because they don't see themselves as part of this culture so if you don't if you don't choose not to not to envelop yourself into the black culture then no if you don't want to be a part of this, then, then we don't want you to be a part of this. My mother, on the other hand, married an American man. Dude, so, so she's a definitely black Nigerian a that comes here is not subjected to the systematically oppressive institutions of state policing. I would I would say he is. He would say he's not. <laughs> That's okay. what I'm telling you. Okay. I would say he is. Okay, oh so yes, he would say he's not. <laughs> okay, so this is about who other until he gets that to. until he gets so that wake up call. <laughs> but, but Randolph, so should white people, should white America, should the power structure listen to the black Nigerian guy who comes here? What the power structure will do is listen to the black Nigerian guy because a black Nigerian guy who is trying to assimilate into the power structure will parrot exactly what they want. So whether they should listen to him or shouldn't listen to him is irrelevant. What is happening is is what they will do is they will listen to him because he wants to assimilate okay. into the power structure. Okay, I, 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 don't, I don't assume to know what other people think or what they will do. I am talking to you. You just okay? asked me to make you just asked me to make that leap. No, you said what they will do. I'm asking you, under your definition, is that individual black? B- black, black in what way? D- by whose perception? If he gets pulled over by if he gets pulled over by a police officer, he's black. If you want to accept part of this culture, you are black. The question you will be willing to ask is, does that person see himself as a black American? Or does he see himself as a as a no. black person from Africa? That's the a question premise, I would ask. The, the, no. The whole premise of this discussion is what people should listen to when it says Listen to my blackness. What is blackness and how does it inform the perspective? So is I literally just told you what I thought of it. I literally just told you for me what my thought was. Okay, so I'm asking you to narrow it down because I am confused. You said it was a culture issue and then named that it's like you can tell German things. You can tell Germany. You can tell Ireland. You can tell this. Those are nations. Irish is not a culture. So I don't understand what you're saying. Is no, Irish a, a culture? Is German is Germany is German a culture? Is there a dramatic culture? Is yes. it a culture? The people who live in Germany are they there part is of it? A dramatic culture. Okay, is French but a culture? Not a dramatic race. Is French There's a culture? Not a dramatic race, right? Is French a culture? Is it a, race? Is it a culture? Oh my god. Right. Are we talking about a discussion over culturalism or are we having a discussion over I said, I said early that those two things are synonymous with one another. I said that. They're not. 
A culture is not imparted by the color of your skin. All right. What I would tell you is go tell it. Then go tell an Lennox Irish Lewis person. Is British, brother. Lennox Lewis is British. Right. Okay. Okay. His color of his skin is not formed in American institutions and racism. Well, do you think a but black? Lo- uh, do you think a black Frenchman and a white Frenchman would have different perspectives on everything, on on global politics or on their own? Uh, oppression? I don't know. I don't know. How How about you ask them? Because there is no evidence in the history of any other area that has actual science proving that there has been racism in, in their countries. It's a completely American conceptualization. What I would tell you is go talk to my British relatives and tell them that and see what they have to say to you about no, right. no racism in Britain. I would tell you Hold to talk on. to them. I know, and that has evolved because they have become more Western and adapted our society. So that's what before we created. No, they had they had slavery it. also, but they had slavery before also. We discussed it, dude. Here's the science right here: George M. Frederickson and the historical origins and development of racism. No clear and unequivocal evidence of racism has been found in other cultures in Europe before the Middle Ages. But the it key words there are clear, exist. clear and unequivocal. I think you're looking for, uh, you're looking for straight lines. When I think there are a lot of gray areas, there are gray areas between no, culture no, and race. No, you're making up shit about a place you've never been and never studied. And what place have I? Know, I've never been. I've never been to Britain. Is that what you're telling me? You've never been around the world. I've n- I, n- I never have. <laughs> I've never been around the world. Are you sure about? Are you sure about that? Yes, because there's too many places for us to have that perspective. So you can't come around and say that what these other places are doing and how they are pretending to know that what you do not know is indistinguishable. What would make you, if if I speak on Britain, what would make you think I wouldn't know about it? Well, first of all, my my half my family are are British Jamaicans. That's first. That's first. Is your best friend white too? My best friend? Yeah. What does yeah, that have to? Sounds just a silly thing. It, it sounds just What does that have to do with anything? You just said I don't know anything about British people. I don't know anything about British culture, and yet I I know about British culture. You said I don't know anything about Europe, and yet I've lived my life. I've lived part of my life in Europe. Okay, that does not get you enough of a of a ability to generalize. And you have and you have lived population. and you have lived there long enough to to. No, make... I am. I'm admitting that I don't know. I'm not pretending. But this is what people mean when they say listen to other perspectives. You're you're rejecting another perspective right now. No, I am not. I take all perspectives. You just said you guys don't know what you're talking. You just told me that I don't know what I'm talking about. You literally just told me that. You just told me I don't know what I'm talking about. So you have studied and visited enough of an area of Europe to get a generalized, to get an understanding That's not, of the culture. He's done Europe. more than you have. I've, yeah, I've definitely done more than you. I'm not making a claim to knowledge. <laughs> I've definitely done more than you. Enough, enough that I can enough that I can speak comfortably on this thing. If you ask me about the the. Uh, the let's say the French stock market. I can't tell you shit about that. I don't know anything about it. I'll put it this way: if you ask a black person to define racism, they won't have to read it out of a book. You understand what I'm saying? It's something that happens to them all the time. Racism is a verb. What was that? I will. You cut, Sorry, you, you cut out. You, you cut out. 
racism is a verb that I perfectly understand, and I don't know anyone who doesn't understand the definition of racism. Yeah, but I haven't looked in a book not one time. I didn't look in a book to define race to you. I, I spoke... don't have to look in a book to understand the definition of racism You've either. You've been looking you, in a you book. You just read from a book. You just read from a book. You've been looking in a to book. To give you somebody else's perspective that is an informed scholar in the subject. Well, I've read. I've read. Uh, a black person other is scholars. informed in racism. A black person in America is informed in racism. What they choose to do with okay. that information is is goes from person to person. No, David no, Clark a black chose one in thing. America. It's subjected to racist and systemically racist institutions and systems. Okay. Okay. Which informs sure. which informs I mean, your thinking. My entire scholarship and my message is, is, is explaining this. But this discussion again is about winning the argument to other people because this argument of blackness is not definable, and you're still avoiding the very premise of the issue that I can't take this message and win an argument with it because I, you're not defining it. I think the white power structure created itself in such a way to make blackness hard to define so that they can squirm its way out of feeling responsible for things that happen to black people. So attacking it on that level, I think, is also buying into the system you know, inherently. I think attacking on a different level would maybe, like listening to black people, would maybe make more sense but if you're 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 falling into a trap as well, which is what the system set up for you, which is you can't. Well, there's no such thing as black definable, so we can't do anything about it. And you, as I did, you, I didn't claim that. No, but I don't. I am claiming that the argument is not winnable. I'm saying the I system don't have a definition of black to tell people. Okay, well then, there's is there only one argument? I mean, I, I feel like the power structure set itself up so that that part of this, so that that argument isn't winnable. You see what they I'm saying? Give me the better argument. The, the, uh, for what? For what is blackness, or for for not having a white power structure? A better argument Why? for what? For going into white communities, and when they say, or power communities, and when you say, "Listen to black women," they say, "We are listening to black women. We are listening to these black women," and so they are listening to the elite. People who are proliferating white supremacy. So by what I, well, your argument. I would. Why? I would tell you that your argument would be. I would tell you that your argument would be. Listen to more than listen to more voices than this one black person that you know. Listen to as many as you possibly can. Try not to find the one that okay. pa- that parents okay. your argument. I've already explained this. I've already explained this. If they do that. The vast majority of black Americans, as they're categorized in this country, agree with proliferating white supremacy. They do not agree with you. So by telling people this, you are creating the the very oppression system and proliferating the system which oppresses you. That I, well, that I don't agree with. And on there, I don't agree with it. It doesn't matter you. if you agree with it or not. It's fact. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. I don't agree is with there, it. Is there a particular study? Empirically. Is there a particular study that you can, you can reference? Dude, every election for the last... No, uh, no, 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 no. Is there a study... Is there, is there a study that you can reference? So we'll now, say that... Off the top of my head, you just asked me to not use researchers... So now do you no, I, no that's, that is not what we said. That's not what we said at all. But we you did use you. researchers, so we're asking you what research you used. What research would you have used to, other than Baltimore? I don't have a list. 
I'll go. I can go into the literary record. I can pull it up. But this is something that should not even be an issue. Like this is obvious on its surface. Every single person in my chain of command was, that, that issued me and told me to go arrest poor black people, they were all black people. Okay. they my entire they, chain of command. And I think as I have told you. Thrown it in by black people. And as I have told you, there are many assimilationists, and you're speaking of the bubble of Baltimore, who bought into the lies that they were told. No, I am not. I am talking about the black vote in Portland. I am talking about the black vote in St. Louis. I am talking about the black vote in Ferguson, Camden, New York City, everywhere. No, because it's obvious if, on the surface. Go look at polling numbers of who votes for who. In New York City, then how did uh, how did the new mayor, how did the mayor in New York who ended stop and frisk get elected when black people 100% got behind him to elect him to stop stop and frisk? If that is okay, the case. Okay, so okay, so you have two issues there. For one, you think stop and frisk is this up? That's cute. Uh, no, if you're going to talk condescendingly to me, that's the last time you're doing that. We'll end this. We'll end this call right now. That is the last time you do that. I haven't done that to you not one time. I I haven't talked condescendingly to you not once. Don't do that again. Yes, sir. Um, the people of yes, New sir. York. Really, sir. You just that's we're done. Thank you so much for this conversation. I I uh, I appreciate this. Um, I, I just do, I do, the voices of black New York. I, I do. That. No, I didn't. I understand the voices of black New York. Um, thank you for the conversation. No, you you we thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, I appreciate talking to you. Uh, I think you're a highly, you I think you're a highly lie. intelligent dude. I think you're a highly intelligent dude. Thank you so much. You have a good day, brother. And we're back. So if you noticed, I ended the call uh, abruptly. Cut his mic. The reason why I did that is because I have decided in 2018 that I'm not going to engage with people who disrespect me on any type of level. When you come at me with with uh, being condescending, you're disrespecting me, particularly after Andy and myself never came at him in that manner, not once. Yeah, he said I was strawmanning him once. I, I don't feel that I was. I don't think you were either. But I feel like I was extrapolating the logical uh the logical extension of what he was saying. Right. And I was maybe arguing against something that he didn't say. He did that a lot. He said, I didn't say that. And we were like, well, we're not, we're not, no one accused you no of saying No one is accusing that. you. We're talking uh, about great overarching things. Yeah. I remember one time, this is a completely bad analogy. I was working at a pizza place once. This guy comes in with a coupon and it's, the, it was a misprint on the coupon. It said, buy one, get one free, then half off. It was supposed to be buy one, get one half off, but they right. printed it wrong. He goes, buy one, get one. He goes, the second one free. I said, actually, no, it's, it's half off because, because well, it says free. I said, yeah, that's a misprint on the coupon. It's actually buy one, get one half off. He goes, well, that's not my fault. I said, well, I'm not blaming you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you printed our shit wrong. Yeah. But it's like that. It's like we weren't necessarily ascribing. Some of the things I think he thought we were ascribing to him, we were describing to maybe an extension of that way of thinking. At least that's how I felt. But, that's exactly how I felt, too. As I said, I... I won't um, go along with people being condescending to me. I won't yeah. go along with disrespect. Yeah. Uh, particularly when I don't give it. And if I'm talking to somebody and I'm disrespecting you and you feel like you want to end the conversation with me, feel more than free to do that. Um, I thought it was an uh, interesting conversation. Uh, I felt like he was kind of going in circles and that um, 
the, well, that, that's part of part of the I, issue. Part of the problem with this whole conversation was goalposts are getting moved all over the place. Yeah. So if you try to pin down race, move the goalposts. If you try to pin down whiteness, move the goalposts. Goal so he was kind of pointing that out, but also on all sides, you can move goalposts and just say, well, now we're going to circles. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're just going to go in circles. I felt like um, I told him, you're not going to like my definition of black of yeah. black and blackness. I told him that. Yeah. And, and he didn't. <laughs> It wasn't succinct enough. It was not succinct enough. That's because Gray. it can't be defined in two sentences. And the it power structure benefits from it being hard to define. Hard to define. And so right. when, uh, that was what we were talking about when we ended the call. And I don't want to get too far into him not being here and talking about him. But right. when when he's talking about how black is hard to define, and it can be, obviously, and mm-hmm. that was a big part of that conversation, but he needs it to be defined. And I feel like the power structure benefits from it being hard to define mm-hmm. and so it is hard to define and so mm-hmm. as much as he says people are buying into and feeding the power structure by identifying with race i think him trying to identify a definition of black is part of the same machine mm-hmm. it, he's not an unbiased third mm-hmm. party on that he's also in that machine mm-hmm. although he i think viewed himself as he views himself as above the machine as, as not even outside of the machine an observer of it machine. yeah yeah an outside observer of it, it yeah. and like i tried to say there are black scholars who know more about this than you do who would say listen to black women and Tanahasi Coates springs to mind immediately. Are they also who in the machine? In like are you you know yeah, he's a Baltimore guy. So I feel like there's a little bit of like if he wants to say that black people are sort of inadvertently acting on behalf of the machine, I feel like maybe he could that that could be him too. I personally feel that, that that could be him too, by trying to pin down this definition of blackness before moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that needs to be done to move forward. Like I said there in the during the conversation like why can't we have cultures and races and also mm-hmm. no white supremacy why it's not an either or and as i said the black culture is a is a completely whole distinct thing because ours was taken from us and we've had to pull from many different sources and create one right yes swedish culture is a thing irish culture is a thing french culture is a thing uh, there are parades for it in every city pretty much every group every year that's a thing there's no black parade so we make shit up we we fucking we go to um uh we go to fucking what's the, what's homecoming week we oh yeah 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 we make our shit up <laughs> we we invent things because that, we don't uh, have we don't we don't get that we don't get a we don't get a an irish day parade we don't which is saint patrick's day by the way we don't right. get that you know we don't we don't have those things so we make shit up <laughs> you know, we we yeah. make shit up. We revel in it. Black Hogwarts on Twitter. <laughs> we we make shit up and we revel in it and we and we love it. And we sh- and 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 fuck you if you don't like it. Leave us alone. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck and, you. And, and we're not saying like that Michael Wood doesn't like blackness. Not saying that. It's not about him. It's this not about him. A, it's about the overarching. Again, the power conversation show. provokes thought, and you start thinking about you know? shit. That's all that is. But it was taken from us, and yeah. we had to invent it. And like I said, you're not gonna like. You're not gonna like my definition because it's not gonna be something that you. It's 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 a feeling. That's why Rachel Dolezal never. Well, it kind of bothered me, but and I I. I empathize with black women. I see why black women would be mad. So I'm like, yeah, you do what the fuck you got to do with her, you know. Right. But for me, it's more of the thing of um, what's the fucking pathology that would lead you to put on blackness? How'd you get there? Right. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> you 
could just fuck the black dude. <laughs> the NAACP would still let you be in charge. <laughs> you don't have to do that. She could have uh, made an album under the group Young Black Teenagers. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> Three you don't dudes. have to make yourself black, and it's not real because you can take it off at any moment. And somewhere in your mind, you know that. That's why it's not yeah. real. And then there's assimilationist black people like David Clark, the sheriff, who. He believes that if I assimilate into this power structure, things will, things will be great. And it is for him. Right. Right up until they decide you're a nigga and then <laughs> it's over for it you. It's yeah. interesting as a person listening. I'm not as uh, nuanced on what we were talking about because I just have my indiv- individual uh, right. bias of what I see and what I hear. And what he was talking about, especially like I said, when it came to the context of black women and the message was, Hey, what you're saying, and when I take it back to white community or anything, is wrong. They reject it. You don't understand what yeah. you're doing. You're not knowledgeable enough on what you're putting out there, whether it's, and I think the biggest point was uh, more police presence in, in black communities. Yeah. Well, a lot of, I mean, he was saying black people are for that. And I, when we were trying to pin him down on what's the study, I didn't want him to literally quote stats. I was hoping he would say, oh, it's a study by such and such research group, and I'd be able to Google it. I was actually curious about that because um, I'd like to know the, the parameters of that of that information, where the, the study, where it came from. But you know, the the whole idea of sort of eliminating, pull, p- pulling layers off, eliminating blackness or or gender in order to be sort of uh, allowed to move forward with this thing. To me, that in itself is white supremacy because you're telling people to placate. You're telling people to bend to the will and desire of the white power structure in order to change it. Which is what assimilation is. Right. Yeah, the so, assimilation but assimilation is, is not even is not even we want to change it. Assimilation right. is just be be like them and right. and things will go good for you. And we right. talked about, I had a post about this shit earlier um earlier in the week after the H&M imagery shit was mm-hmm. And we, me and Randolph talk about this all the time. Oh, that, that hoodie, the monkey. Yeah, I'm, thing. I'm one of the good ones. Yeah. I put the post up like this is the imagery, motherfucker. I got, I make money. I live in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah. I live in one of the richest white counties right. in fucking America. The number I, one. I own a house in that bitch. I don't yeah. rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had people go around. You know what I mean? When they come talk to me, be like, "Hey, um, you know that you can own, motherfucker. I own this house. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not renting here. Right. Same right. shit. Going to my school. My I put I picked the place where I lived at for the simple fact to put my son in a top school district in the nation. You know when they had to do donation for school supplies in school, they made a little box. Um, for kids that couldn't afford to, you know what I mean, afford all those pencils and books and shit, because it's expensive. Yeah. And uh, even in the community that we live in, they make this donation box and they put all these kids' pictures on the box, and all the pictures of the kids on the box are black and brown kids. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? In a classroom of about 30 kids, and 10 of them are black. Yeah. So were you saying that um, the people, we want to make this donation box to help people in need, or are you projecting that? The people in need in this classroom and community are just the black and brown kids. And it's They're an doing both. Thing too. It can be an unconscious bias where They're they. are doing both. How do you, as Mark Maron said in a bit once, how do you cast that little play in your head? Mm-hmm. Exactly. The needy kid. I didn't you know? think it was racism, but I, did I think it was fucking tone deaf and insensitive yeah. and ingrained? A, f- a fucking course. Yeah, let's it. talk about that HM picture for a second. In order for that picture to happen, it's got to go through layers of editing. 
And no, and no one just they takes should. a picture and just tosses the shit out there. It goes yeah. through layers of somebody looking at that and going, yeah, that's it. And then you show it to another person. Yeah, I like that. And then another person. Yep, that's it. And that's the biggest point. If you are me, and I talked with Andy about it. It's not racism. It, uh, you're going to have extremists on both sides. They'll be like, this is motherfucking racist, black and white. But the majority of black people, of brown people are saying, we're just tired of this fucking tired insensitivity of, of you right. not being able to understand, like, just take the fucking time out to do a little bit of legwork or some research or whatever the fuck you need to do to understand why we just don't want to see it again. Like, I saw the hoodie. I called my boy Monkey Boy when he was little. I saw the hoodie. I didn't think you were trying to be racist. But yeah. when you put it in the context of everything, and then, like I said, I had my own experience with an imagery in the classroom, you know what I mean, that directly affected my son or how people re- view us in the community just yeah. on the mm-hmm. outside. You're just like, listen, I'm fucking tired of it. I don't. You have people like who are just let it roll off their back because you've experienced it so much and you're just like, hey, and then you got other people like, listen, I'm going to burn this motherfucker to the ground. Yeah. Right. Well, the reason why you're going to burn this motherfucker to the ground is because you're tired of you're tired of dealing with it. You see, and here it is again, and here it is again, and here it is yeah. again. Madonna put a tweet up one time, her son boxes, the one she has with Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie you know, Guy Ritchie is a martial artist, so his kid boxes. He's apparently pretty good. So she he wins a fight, Madonna puts a tweet up, a uh, like a picture of him with a tweet. Hey, my little nigga here did great. Like, bitch, what the fuck are you thinking? Oh, I gotta right. see that shit. I like, you you shit. got you got black kids. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? I get it. You didn't mean it in any type of derogatory manner. I understand that. I'm not saying that 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 you. I'm not even saying you're racist. I'm not saying you're not racist because you used to take black dick, but I'm not saying you're racist. <laughs> what I am saying is that you're fucking ignorant. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? You got black kids, bitch. What are you doing? What the, It's shit like that. Just the, Well, are they black, though? Yeah, well, not according to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, so-called black kids. So-ca- so-called. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. I was like, "It's very fair, kind of you." It's funny that yeah, you guys like, that. It's very nice of Islam of you. The so-called, <laughs> the so-called. The white uh, same thing with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. That that oh, time on the, stage, the niggas in Paris. real niggas in Paris. Bitch, what are you doing? Yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Did you? Why would you think that that would be cool? And then there's and then black people got a cape for it. Nas has got a cape for it because he likes her, and you, so you got a cape for it. You can do both. You can be like, listen, I, Gwyneth is fine. I was kind of stupid. Don't say no shit like that again. But what the cape and shit is dangerous as fuck. It, it is dangerous. It's dangerous as assimilation, fuck. Because, that's why assimilation yeah, is dangerous. Then dangerous. it gives you people. I got into I wrote a comment on fucking this <laughs> website, hi some whatever the fuck. It was on Facebook and it was about the um it was about the H and M shit. Yeah. And as soon as the mom co signed then anybody who had that viewpoint was like, see, it's you yeah, the problem. Yeah. Shut down all fucking conversation. Yeah. And then you immediately become the angry black man, the angry black woman, the angry brown man, the angry this. And that's that fuck. And then we can't have a conversation. Well, that's at what. All. Yeah. Let's like let's put Larry Elder on TV or whatever. That's what he was talking about. Mike Lay, what was talking about? I get that. I've seen that happen a million times. And it's like, hey, you shut it down. You get it. But that's because people have this notion that black people are a monolith. And and the idea that if black people are for more policing or prisons, there's still a tenth of the vote. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, they might be voting overwhelmingly for this person. And maybe in cities they're bigger, they're more than a tenth of the vote. But you got to reach, you got to reach white people with that too. And, and 
and the whole idea of trotting out Larry Elder is very attractive, mm-hmm. or David Clark, to the white base who does not want to feel challenged. Right. You know. Right. They don't want to talk to. That's the shield. That's Ta-Nehisi the Coates. Yeah. And liberals, liberals ain't no better. Yeah, they'll listen to Ta-Nehisi Coates. I listened to a great podcast. This woman, I want to get her name right because I think you guys should should give it a listen. Um, it's the the Atlantic Ta-Nehisi's boss. He's literally Ta-Nehisi's boss. He um, he has a podcast for basically the whole Atlantic, the Atlantic interview. Yeah. It's uh, Jeffrey, I can't think of the guy's name. I can't think of the guy's name, but he's Ta-Nehisi's editor and his boss, and he approves the stuff that Ta-Nehisi writes. He, he spoke with Nicole Hannah-Jones. Nicole is spelled N-I-K-O-L-E. Do you want to talk? Charlie's a daughter. What? I'm not going to listen to you then. Hi. Hi. The second voice is Olivia. She couldn't wait to talk on the mic, by the way, <laughs> Olivia. Remember when Ava used to come try to wrestle the mics away from us? I know. <laughs> Dumb damn days is done. Too what good for this park? You think better than me? Downstairs. To where? Olivia's house? Yes. Yeah. Olivia, why do you have on a nightgown right now? I saw you with. Now you're gonna, are you going to bed already? Okay. Oh. All right. Oh, why would you think that? You go to Olivia's, right? Yeah. Okay. Just Olivia's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Don't worry, people. It's the same building. She's just going downstairs. She had apparently a, a good game, uh, a good soccer she game. She did today. have a good game. She, she pulled uh, a Marshawn Lynch on the mic. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> wouldn't talk. I'm just if you're going to get fine. Yeah, we're talking about you. It's too late. You don't want to talk. She. Uh, they put her in goalie. She shut him down. Her team won five. Five uh, one. Okay. She she gave up one goal in the last like ten seconds. That's eh, garbage time. Think about think about um, uh, indoor soccer. Lot of lot of shooting on goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so she's good because oh, holding made, them to one is pretty impressive. Yeah, daddy made her. Daddy yells at her about being aggressive. So apparently it works. In, yeah, in the, in the goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe denying people things. Is, <laughs> there you uh, go. Is in her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bumping people at open mic night. It's like, you're out. They send uh, coach. The coach sent us a sent me an email. I need you to uh, talk to her about the rules of goalie because she's playing calls. I was like, all right, I'll talk to her. Okay, so this woman's name is Nicole Hannah Jones. N i k o l e Nicole. Uh, it's the Atlantic interview. Do yourself a favor and listen to that podcast. It's about. Uh, integration in schools and segregationists. And this is my thing about liberals. And she's like, liberals ain't full of shit. Liberals are full of shit too. They want black people around them, but they want black people in numbers that are acceptable to them. So if there's 10 black kids in a, in a class, if there's 10 kids in a class, they want one black kid. They don't right. want anything more than one. If the numbers get up to, let's say, four or five black kids, they fucking freak out. And this is liberal parents. Well, this, yeah, it's comedy shows are like that. You know, so yeah. like a, a white person who books a comedy show who wants to diversify, they get one black person. They get one and one woman. Don't yeah. get me motherfucking started. You don't want more <laughs> than that. Liberals ain't full. Liberals are full of shit either. The surprising thing about that is she's like in the South, uh, which is very racist. It's different because black people and white people live up on each other. In the yeah. South, so they don't have yeah. a problem with with having let's say five black kids. As long as them five black kids know their place, you know. Yeah. And okay, it's a really good it's a really good podcast. Point of that is that uh, liberal white folks need to check themselves too. <laughs> need to check themselves too. 
Yep. There's blind spots. You can have blind spots. You know? Yeah. You're ask yourself why you don't want that many black kids in the class because you're afraid they're gonna be fucking your daughters, and they you're <laughs> gonna be they're gonna be bad or they're they're angry. I'm I have a black daughter. That means what that means for me is that the world teachers think of her as more sexual, louder, uh, more disruptive. Um, and then if it, it expands, if there's a bunch of kids like that in school, it's right. like, well, what's happening to our property value? And right, you know, like what's happening with our test scores and right. all this other shit? Right, right, you know? right. So, so we don't want that many. Every time I talk to a teacher, I have to go in with that in my mind. Of if she tells me, you know, your daughter, your daughter's just not paying attention enough. I'm like, now is she? Yeah. Or is that you thinking that this is what black kids, this is how black kids are? So right. I have to think that. <laughs> right. Know? No, right. I get the same shit too. When I would go right. into my son's school and I'm, um, we talk I about the boy and stuff you and what you call, into... but I'm, I have full custody of my son since he was three years old. Right. And, and we joke about it on the podcast and shit like that. But my son's mom's been pretty much in and out of the picture since he was three. You know what I mean? So, and really has had no contact of significance in the last couple years. Yeah. Whenever I got to go into school, the motherfucking first thing they always want to talk about is where his mom is at. And they want to make the major decisions through mom because they're not used to yeah. a, a father like myself being engaged. It's yeah. Every damn time. And then when I bring up full custody, it feels like their head's going to blow off the top of their shoulders. <laughs> and, I, and you know what I mean? And, and, you, and you have his, to fight those. Did his mother die or something? <laughs> Are you a widower? Yeah. Oh, whenever they, he'd have problems in school, they'd yeah. call her emergency number first. Yeah. yeah. And wouldn't call me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not knowing. And then they'd be like, oh, she lives in whatever fucking state she lives. But. Um, that's the po- that's the point. All these preconceived notions and stuff—they exist. Stop acting like they don't. You know what I mean? It, it forms the way you interact with all people, and that's one of the biggest fucking problems. Because everybody goes, "I'm not. It's not me." Right. If you engage in race, not me. Right. Look, look on my Facebook page. I have five black friends out of four hundred and fifty. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a check yourself situation. That's a big part of why I play a lot of devil's advocate with myself when no one's around i'll do opposition research on how i feel because i'll be like where's this coming from like, you know it's funny you should say that i was listening to uh, obama on letterman's new podcast yeah, which i haven't that. watched it yet watching obama walk out i was like god i missed that walk yeah yeah damn i missed that walk that confidence just, just that walk i was like god i missed that walk <laughs> he just came walking out there it's like that fucking walk jesus you know and uh he was saying how you know when you're in your so when you talk online and you have your your the algorithm starts to just present things to you that are the same right so you're yeah. in your echo chamber and how that can be a bad thing but i'm like yes i agree with that but as i'm listening for myself okay this is me playing devil's advocate with myself. Yeah. Is it good for me to be in the echo chamber that I'm in? Okay. Right. Yes, it is. Because I'm an anti-racist. Which means that in my echo chamber are other people who are anti-racist. Right. So for, As opposed to assimilationists. Right. So yeah. for me... Yes, it is correct to be. I'm in an echo chamber of people who are fighting against 
these these things. Right. So yes, for me, it is a good place to be because it helps me when I go out into the world that I have, one, I have an army that if somebody comes at me, I can, I can, I can, hey, Dominic, man, this is this and this and this. If anything, I can bounce ideas off Dominic. I can bounce ideas off Andy. I can bounce ideas off Andy because Andy will give me some sort of a, a devil's thing, and which I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. But for Andy, it's like you should think about this side of the argument. I check. I like to check myself, some, and know. so I do, I do that with other people too. Even with comedy, I'm like, right, is there a right. hole in this bit? Right. Is I there do a, that too. I have a line of logic here. I is do there that a hole? Too. So I, I I I always sort of. Sometimes Oppose and a myself. lot of times when people go devil's advocate, they're just full of shit. And I, and you have to just know that. But I'm like, right. you're full of shit. Yeah, yeah, you got to know it when you see <laughs> you're it. You're just full of shit. They're just trying to get a W. <laughs> right. They're not you're trying full to. Of shit. They're not trying to actually explore an idea. You know. So for yeah. me, it's fine. But if you're an assimilationist, or you're if you're a segregationist, and you're in your, or let's say you're not a segregationist, but you've 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 uh, retweeted a couple of segregation. Oh, that, I think that guy's got a good point. You watching American History X? I think he's got a couple of good points. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then you start getting flooded with this. That's gonna that's gonna fucking get into your seep into your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I have no reason to to see anything remotely like that, other than to know these people are out there. But I know they're out there. That's why I'm in the position that I'm in. Right. <laughs> you know, I know they're out there. I know they exist. Fuck them. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. I need to know that they're out there. Yeah, we got. We should wrap up the yeah. Monday episode. But I'm not Jason Nichols, who I'm going to talk to. He did an hour with Tucker Carlson the other day, talking about yeah. Trump's. Um, Trump's views on shithole places, which we'll be talking about on Thursday. We're just going to close this one quick because you guys got a lot of us. Come back on Thursday and um, we'll definitely talk about dates we're going to have and stuff like that. We'll read any emails we might have or and we'll, Dominic will be here. It'll be about an hour. So yeah. you guys come on back on Thursday and we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Do not harass this man in our name. Do you understand me? No. <laughs> He's off Twitter. I think he might he's be on Instagram yeah, and stuff. He's but. off Twitter. Do not do that. Okay? Not in our name. You do it on you do what you do. <laughs> just just don't do it in take, our name. I I say take it as a if thought was provoked, then it was thought provoking. So, you know, that's a, it's a benefit to uh just to don't don't yeah, don't go like Yeah. Yeah. And if you tweet at Michael A. Wood Jr., it's some bot now anyway. Yeah, it's some a bot. bot he is gave up his thing. So sitting don't, on his don't even worry feet. about doing that. Some random like uh, uh, non-person. Email us and tweet at us and let us know what you thought of the interview because I'm always, I'm always looking to improve and I know Andy is. So email us yeah. and tweet us. And, and um, we're going to try and do some things in 2018. I think in my mind... I want to try and do a show in in February at the uh, Draft House live podcast, a live perhaps. podcast show. So uh, we have to sit down and start talking about what that needs. But I need to talk with somebody about some dates, so I'll let you know. Okay, all right. So we want to thank Dominic. He didn't really do much this episode, but he was here and he listened. And you're going to hear him on the next. Did episode. Like three sets of push-ups, though. Right. He did yeah. do a lot of push-ups. Listen, if you got mad, I'll give you a tip in 2018. You want to get in shape? If <laughs> that feeling that you probably felt during the fucking podcast while they were going on. Just cut that place and play that podcast while you're at the gym. You will have a great workout. I'll yeah. fucking guarantee Otherwise, it's going to be like that scene in Boys in the Hood where he's punching the air. I'm punching the air. <laughs> well, that got him some ass, though, that punching the it air. It did. That so, worked. Yeah, that got you knee along. <laughs> that that outweighs you. He showed vulnerability by crying, and yeah. he showed strength by punching. By punching. Dude, he hit it all out of the park. That's right a twofer. <laughs> if you don't get laid off that. 
That's a twofer. Yeah, just so you got a hump on your back. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> All right, so you guys come on back. We'll be here. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. And I'm Dominic Rivera. Hey, we're three guys on. We're out. Yeah.